Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I am your host, Max Mosier, here to host episode 72. We are grateful you are here wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your weekday or month. With me today is one other Infinity Bro. It's Infinity Bro Mark. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. My name is Mark Jones, and I'm the advocate for Captain America, John Walker. How is everyone going? Was that the bit that you were like trying yes. to have before? Yep, that, they just came to me as I did That's this. amazing. Yep. So like right before we recorded, Mark was like, I got something I want to say, so just, I don't know. And he's like, give me a minute, I need to think of it. And I was like, all right. And then he's like, I can't think of it. And here we are. You're the advocate for John Walker. Mark, I, I would like to tell you you're full of crap right out the gate. I know I made a post on Twitter on April Fool's Day, but I'm doubling down. You people needed their respect. The new Captain America. Oh, my gosh. All of you uh-huh. who already have given him so much gruff, unneeded gruff, because you were indoctrinated by the weirdo Steve Rogers. And now you're given a true patriot who cares about America and went go against America and stuff. Well, if this is any <laughs> sign of how this show is going to go, we are in for a train wreck. Someone's got to be Mephisto's advocate for the new Captain America. Someone has to be Mephisto's advocate. Well, he's Mark Jones. I'm Max Mosier. Welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast. As I said at the top of the show, I am your host. You can check us out at theinfinitybros.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitch, Discord, and TikTok. We got a jam-packed show today. Mark talked about it. We're talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier episode three. We are going to talk a little John Walker. I'm sure him and I will get into heated debates if that's really what he thinks. I hope it's just a bit, but we'll see. You never know, though, with Mark. Uh, We got got an iTunes review we got to get to. We're going to talk about Invincible as well. Uh, I've heard some people on the fence about this show, Mark, on whether this is something they should invest their time in. There's a lot of great content coming out right now. We're going to kind of give you a non-spoiler review, talk about some spoiler things as well that we think you should know about, and we'll just break that show down, and we're going to break down uh, Falcon and Winter Soldiers we talked about and end the show with our top five Falcon and Winter Soldier moments from episode three. Mark, there's been a lot of content this week. Have you been able to like jam-pack it in throughout the week, or is it been, I'm sorry, have you been able to space it out throughout the week, or has it been jam-packed in like two minutes, two days, excuse me? Yeah, it's been jam-packed in like two days, you know. If you're new to the show or haven't listened a little bit, I've been in the process of... Uh, yeah, yes, I do not have as much free time to watch all the content I want to watch. Um, but yeah, I watched three episodes of Invincible today, the last three, and then also was able to watch um, the new episode of Falcon Winter Soldier twice a day. I watched once by myself, and then when my wife came back, from an interview, um, we watched it together. So, yes. We Jam- did the same thing, Mark. That's interesting. I I rewatched it with my wife as well today. And some people are like, how do you have that much time, Mark and Max, to do that? I'm like, well, for, first of all, why don't you have a calendar and a planner and get up early? That's the first answer I'd have for you. <laughs> Max and I are double teaming on get a planner, people. <laughs> oh, for sure. Plan yeah. your days out. Big planner guys up here. Don't shoot from the hip. Do not shoot from the hip. It will not work. You don't get the content out or done or seen. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark. I, I mean, it. watching this twice gives me a lot of different perspective. 
I've read already, and and, and we're recording a Friday night at seven forty five. So this this bad boy's only been out for like twenty hours, and I've already seen a lot of reviews basically kind of trashing this episode in some ways. Others are praising some things, but I haven't seen. A lot of people are calling this the weakest episode. I'm interested to hear what you think about it later, and I'll, I'll yeah, have, I have thoughts like, to that. I know for the show, like since we were doing the you know the recording of Infinity Bros, of the Infinity Bros, um, you always get like to go see what people saying online. But you did that before. But like to me, I live in total bliss of what people think about if it's good or bad. I just go watch it, and if I love it, I love it. So like I always find it fascinating. Like when you say like, oh, people are you know crapping on. I'm thinking like. On what this, this episode we'll talk more great, about that later. I I'm the kind of guy that I like to read the reviews. Really, I like to read non-spoiler reviews before. I really really enjoy reading spoiler reviews after, just to kind of relive the show and sure. hear others' thoughts. And yep. I was pretty floored with some of the reviews I was listening to and watching today. And yeah, so we got a jam back show, but we want to get to our iTunes review first. If you're not familiar with us, we'd love it if you read an iTunes, leave an iTunes review for us. The other thing is this, and we want to drop this promo real quick while we're here. Yeah, we're promoing something. Suck it up. Okay. <laughs> couple things here. Podchaser is doing a special right now. If you go and review any podcast on podchaser.com, just type in podchaser.com. There's a link in the show notes as well. Don't worry. Just click that button. You can go leave a review for us, and 25 cents will be donated to Meals on Wheels. You don't have to do anything after that. You just got to leave a review we get to have a review. It's great. But also, you're helping out a great cause with Meals on Wheels. So please, 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 even if you've left us a review before there, go leave another one or create another account and leave one. Anything to help them out would be tremendous. So please make sure you do that. But also leave us an iTunes review because we'll read it on the show. Uh, and we really appreciate the feedback we've gotten. We've got some great fans in the Infinity Bros universe. And we want to make sure that we honor you guys. And this one comes from one of our bigger ones, Mark. A uh, very engaged person. He first popped his head in in our, I believe it was our Infinity Bros. Stan Lee's uh, this year. I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I might be spitballing there. But a uh, dear friend of the show, Joe Lujan, left a five-star review. It says, great show. He says, I've been listening for a couple of months now. Fantastic show. It's one of my favorites. And I'm always happy when I see there's a new episode up sometimes. I even, t- I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm always happy when I see there is a new episode up. Sometimes I'm even texting Max to see when it goes up. He's not wrong. He's texting me about that. Great job, guys. Keep up the great work. Joey, we love the review. I would love it if you go back and just figure out some punctuation things. I'm kidding, Joey. I'm kidding. Uh, very big run-on sentence vibes here, Mark. But but a five-star review, again, a very nice review of our podcast, Mark. Love the review. I always think it's, it's flattering, I think, for us. Like, just go out of your way to give – you know, take t- time out of your day to write a review. I mean, yeah, it might be 10 seconds, might be a minute, but still, it means a lot. It does. Joe, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And here's something else we want you to be aware of. We talked about the Podchaser promo. Now we're going to do an iTunes promo in Podchaser 2. You leave us a review starting now after this podcast. You're going to screenshot that review, and you're going to either DM the Infinity Bros account, or you can DM one of the Infinity Bros themselves. You are going to get entered in a special drawing we're having for an Infinity gauntlet we're giving away a 100 infinity gauntlet signed by all the infinity bros that infinity gauntlet will be yours first 100 people to leave a review starting today so it's friday april 2nd from here on out any review we get as of today we will count in that drawing so joey you are now officially entered into that don't worry about screenshotting us but what you're going to do is leave the review 
screenshot it, DM it to us at theinfinitybros at gmail.com or DM us on one of our social media platforms and you will be entered for that. Make sure you do it. Don't miss out on it. It's a free review for a chance to win a super duper sweet. And then with that, well, how, what's the what's the timeline? We're doing the first hundred, and then yeah, I think we'll do the first hundred. So we'll do the, when we when okay. we hit one hundred and fifty reviews because we're at forty five right now. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool, cool beans. So yeah, so about 100, 100, 500, No, forty four. I'm sorry. Can I can can I enter? Can Mark Mark? You cannot enter. You're actually going to be signing the gauntlet. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having something that you know you've signed in your house. You know, whatever. <laughs> what do you own that's signed in your house? Don't worry about it. Joey's a dear friend of the show. Uh, know him. Uh, we Him and I text and talk more than people know. Remarkable guy. Get to know him if you know him. So uh, let's dive into Invincible now, Mark. Let's have some discussion on Invincible. How many episodes were you able, able to check out of this? All of them. All four. Ep- all as of today. All as of today. Uh, yeah. I watched three of them yeah. today and then um, watched one. The, the first episode a few days ago. So you only watched episode one a couple days ago? You didn't continue after that? No, I, I just said I watched three today, like like two, three, and four today. And I watched episode one a few days ago. So I've watched all the episodes. That just shocks me knowing what I know about episode one. But let me read the IMDb and, and share some information well, about this. I, so. I watched episode one pretty late, so I couldn't. You know. that, that's fair. <laughs> I'm No judgment. I'm just more, I'm more shocked knowing you. I, I'm interested to hear what you think. Uh, this this is based on the comic book, uh, an adult animated t- series based on the Skybound Image comic about a teenager whose father is the most powerful superhero on the planet. It stars Steven Yoon as Mark Grayson, Sandra Oh, and J.K. Simmons as his parents, Debbie and Nolan. Zazie Beetz, Greg Griffin, Andrew Rennells, Kevin Michael Richardson, Walton Goggins, Jillian Jacobs, Jason Manzukis, uh, Chris Dianopoulos, uh, Zachary Quinto, Melise, Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, Carrie Payton, Max Burkholder, Michael Dorn, Mahershala Ali, John Hamm, and Mae Whitman are just a few. I There are more on this list, but this is a jam-packed show in terms of actors, Mark. When you found this out, what were your thoughts on that? I, I have no thoughts on that. I thought it was insane. I guess that is my thought. Well, I guess, I guess my, my first thought was, is this because of covid that these guys and gals were able to make time for this was Kirkman, the creator and director and writer. It's an animated show. So they would have had to probably do voice recording, you know, years ago, I would imagine. Right. Cause it's not like you can just voice record and then animate everything within a year. That's not how it works. So I imagine they recorded first and then the animation took about a year. And then they put these out. So you you think you think they work that way, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I well, that's I mean, just listening to you know Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. Uh, Kevin Smith talks about his Masters of the Universe show that's going to be on Netflix. How they were all the you know voice acting stuff, right? And then and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be out next year. And Netflix said they'd be like, well, no, because we still have to animate the whole show, which is going to probably take a year. Invincible was actually originally optioned by Universal Pictures in 2017 as a feature film with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg developing it. But now Amazon's picked up as a series. So according to Kirkman, who is the creator and director of this and also the walking dead, that's why there's a lot of walking dead crossover. He has said, according to you on, on a fat man beyond episode. Yeah. If I'm remembering that, right. That, yeah, he said that they're also Amazon is, I believe this. I mean, I don't know if it's out there. He just like Freudian slipped it when talking, 
said that, yeah, they're also doing a live action as well. That's why Seth Rogen's attached to this one. Man, I don't even know who I'd want in this role for a live action. I This is the first time I've heard I mean, you, you talk about I, I think show, it, but I think like, it'd be hilarious. The this, it'd be hilarious if they just took all the voice actors and just put them into their into their roles and like CGI if you know if they're a little older for some of the characters. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson would probably struggle in that role, but uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> else would. Make it work. This, this this is a truly remarkable cast, and I know very little to nothing about this comic series. How much do you know, Mark? Nothing. I first heard about the show being on Amazon on that Kirkman episode on of Fat Band Beyond. So. I saw a trailer, I think six to eight months ago, and we ta- I believed I talked about it on our show. I just like, hey, I saw this trailer. This looks good. I I probably gave it like a four or five out of six at the time. Th- this show is is pretty remarkable to me, just in a lot of ways. And we'll talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about our non spoiler reviews of this show first for those that are on the fence about watching it have questions or just want to know our thoughts without having spoilers. So we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system, how we rate things here. So we're going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the infinity bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale, zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the infinity bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. Mark, what are your non-spoiler thoughts of this? And You've watched all four episodes, and and I, this is a very tough show for me to talk about without spoiling. So, mm-hmm. I, I maybe we got to just keep it brief for those that are on the fence. But I I know there are people that haven't watched it yet, and there are some people. For example, you and I were talking about this pre-show how the boys, for example, is in a air quotes adult comic book show. Yeah. Do you consider it in the same vein as that? Do you consider it lighter? Where are you kind of looking at it with this show compared to that show and like, you know, Umbrella Academy and some of these others and, and even Falcon and Winter Soldier and, and WandaVision right now, who are obviously on Disney Plus. Like, how do you look at this show and what's your recommendation after watching these four episodes? Well, uh, I guess after these four episodes, we're like where I tied it to um, the boys. It's not like I'd say it's more of the, the violent or more say, or more so than like, you know, it being you know, adult-themed in a sense, if that makes sense without saying... Like, it's not, like, sexuality in the show. So it's just more... It's more graphic and violent, probably truer to the comic book. Um, but then, yeah, you get, like, this... You know, there's an established group of heroes, and then there's a younger version of heroes. And the whole thing... I don't think this is really a spoiler, because I think it was in the uh, trailer. Um, like, you know, Omni-Man's son, you know when he's like goes through puberty. So like, you know, he's just learning his powers. So that's kind of the first four episodes is him learning his powers and then also taking responsibility and, and then also he's in high school too. So it's like, there's that aspect where he's also a teenage boy at the same time. So he still has like high school things he wants to do. So I, I mean, I give it a six out of six. So are you, in, were you annoyed by the high school stuff? No. Cause typically with these kinds of shows with high school stuff, it's love triangles, some drama, some bullying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For me, I would say some of those tropes are hit right on the head, right out the gate in episode one. Oh, yeah. That's not really a spoiler. That's just like thoughts in general. But I think that's supposed to give that person more, the character more depth in that. <clears throat> yeah, during the day, he's just a high school kid. So you're supposed to like just keep keep remembering that. But also he's trying to, you know, save the world or fight crime or 
you know, get himself in very dangerous situations. This doesn't necessarily affect my rating. It's just my thoughts are the one thing that feels as if it's breaking into all the other aspects of this show is the high school environment. But we'll talk about that more in the spoiler part of our review. My review of this show is this. This show absolutely floored me in every way possible. Very similar to the boys in the sense of how it just floored me right out the gate. This is much more tame than the boys. The boys is about as high as you can get in regards to an R rating. And they don't hold back in that show. I heard that this was an R rated adult show. And I was a little nervous because I was like, man, I, that's already hard for me with the boys. It feels like a tough for me, it feels like I have to hold my breath sometimes watching the boys. <laughs> I do not feel that way watching this show. Aside from a couple of, as you referenced, violent scenes, I really don't see the R rating in this show yet. Now, maybe that's going to change as this goes along, and certain people who have read all the comics will say that there's a lot that still has to happen that's pretty major. So I'm just going to hang my hat on that. It'll get to that point, but it's it's nowhere near the boys I would argue this is more on the level of Umbrella I mean, that, Academy, which is why I referenced I it when I asked you earlier. Umbrella Academy, and I'd say, like, I know we talked about this pre-show. Um, I referred it more to, like, One Punch Man. Yeah. <clears throat> or it's, like, very graphic fight scenes, more so than um, with, like, adult-themed, like, you know, commentary or whatever you want to call it, where it's not, I would, yeah, it's definitely not a kid's show, but I don't think it's... I would say even Umbrella Academy's more tame than this show. I, I think like there there could have been more sex stuff in this. There <laughs> like could have been more like swearing. You, like you wanted more sex stuff. No, in no, 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 no. I'm saying, well, now you're trying to corner me, and I don't appreciate. Give that. me Spider Man. <laughs> Give me pictures of Spider Man. I really just was kind of hold. I was preparing for that mark. I'll put it that way. And I think the boys trained me to think that way. The boys trained me to like know like. Hey, nothing's off the table now in the boys. There might be somebody who's sexually attracted to a dolphin, right? Like that's just, that, that's, that's what that show to? is. What? No. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, I, so I, like, I, yeah, I agree with you. And, it, and it's Amazon. So I'm like, all right. And, and I've never read the comics. So I think that was the reason I was so like, all right, here we go. I I'm, I, I'm going to watch it, but I'm nervous. I six out of six, this right out the gate. I cannot believe how great this show is. I, if you're a fan at all of Justice League or Avengers stuff, this is a must watch. And yeah, you don't watch it around kids. But for those that are like, hey, is this family friendly? No, it's not. However, I don't think it's nearly as bad as the boys. And yeah, from the from the graphic violence stuff, it's worse than Umbrella Academy. But from the sexuality stuff. Well, there's like there's like none. There's none. There's little to nothing. And so I'm I. There's nothing sexually. Now, in the rating, it says there's going to be sex stuff, so that leads me to think down the line there will be. Maybe. But there are four episodes in, in an eight-episode eight season. I haven't seen it yet. Well, the, I mean, they're, okay, there's, like, innuendos, like, when the the son comes home, and like you, you can't really, it's not, like, graphic hearing, but it's, like, you know, like, playful between the mom and dad. Like, I wonder if they count that as, like... That's baloney, because I just got done watching Cars with my two-year-old son, and there's a scene where two cars drive up to the main character. This is a rated G movie, and they flash their lights at him. Yeah, but it's a car. It's not a human being. That's how they rate stuff, Max. Grow up. Whatever, dude. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's an in, that's more of an innuendo. Are than you sexualizing a car, Max? I'm not. Disney was. Well, maybe we shouldn't subscribe to Disney anymore. <laughs> maybe we should just subscribe to Amazon. They're the safe players. <laughs> they don't hide behind cars. 
We both give this a six out of six. We recommend you go check this out. We're going to spoil some things. We're going to briefly talk about some spoilers, but uh, we want to just go ahead and give you an opportunity. If you plan on watching this, I, I really, really recommend you don't know what happens in episode one. I think it's a big hook for you. I know Mark had that air quote spoiled, but his argument, and he'll talk about this later, is it's the reason he watched the show. I did not have a clue this was coming, and it floored me. So we're going to go ahead and talk those spoilers here in a second. So this is your spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. Mark, tell us about how you found out about the ending of episode one and how Omni-Man basically destroys the Guardians of the Globe. You know, listening to podcasts Batman Beyond with Kevin Smith and Mark Medardin, they had Kirkman on, and he's talking about this, and then he, like, you know, lets, you know, says that, yeah, he kills everyone. So I, I knew that going in, which, you know, made me more excited to watch this, thinking that, I was thinking, like, Omni-Man was, like, a bad guy. So, like, I like, like I knew nothing about the show going in. So watching this, I'm like, okay, they're at the White House. Because, like, that's how it opens up, like, two bad guys trying to kill the president. And, like, the group comes, you know, saves the day. Omni-Man shows up, helps out a bit, too. And Omni-Man's not a part of the, what is it called again? Guardians of the Globe? Yes. Um, You know, not a part of it. And then, you know, the whole episode goes on. We, you know, see the kid and, you know, he finally gets his powers, blah, blah, blah. You know, more stuff happens. Um just detail stuff. And then the most important part of episode one is at the end, uh, literally they go to like the home base for the gardens of the globe. Like they're all called there for something. And we don't know what, like why they're being called and they all get there and like, Oh, who called us? And then Omni-Man shows up and starts, you know, fighting them and like starts killing them off one by one and like almost dies too. But like he kills all the, se- all seven of them. And <laughs> And then also it's kind of defeated. and it's graphic, Mark. I mean, the, the I I don't even think him killing them is the is the part that makes you want to come back to this show. It's the way he killed them. The way that this show okie doked us as an audience was we spent a really good chunk of time in that episode with these characters, right? So like we we kind of got to know them, like you know we get. <laughs> We get a little, you know, in context of their story to give them more character, and then you just kill them all. Yeah, and I, I mean, we we got an intimate scene with this version of the Flash. Yeah, Red, and, I think is what they call him. Yeah, and this is just great storytelling. I, I I know years ago, and I'm making another Lost reference, people. I'm sorry if you listened to the show before, but this was originally a plan that Lost had was in their pilot episode to kill the main character, but. They didn't end up doing it, but there have been some shows that have tried to do this and not succeeded. It feels like this was a great move by Kirkman when he wrote this comic. I mean, I am hooked on this show after one episode, Mark, no question in my mind because of the severity of this scene. I'm not the biggest horror fan to be frank. And and by not the biggest, I mean, I'm not a horror fan at all. I know you, you delve more into that genre than I do, but I don't know how this scene could exist and have the shock value it had without all of the violence it had. Don't you? Well, I think it just like the way he killed some of them just seems so personable or personal, not personable. <laughs> uh, so personal because just like with uh, with the, their version of the flash, he like basically 
crushes the dude's skull while he's while the dude's continually to punch him in the Omni Man in the chest like at super speed, and you can see like his hands are even breaking. So like each punch is like his hands are getting mushed, and then oh yeah, it's just it, it's crazy. It it blew my mind. I, I mean, it, it was haven't been that shocked in a long time. Um, and, and then the the rest of, then you know the next I don't know if it happens in that episode or it's in the beginning of the next or at the end of that episode or the beginning of the next where it's like we find out there's like a government agency that like kind of you know secretly protects them in a, in a sense like medically and like it does investigation and you know they think that oh someone tried to attack them and Omni Man still lived so I just like also that aspect of, of it too where like the next three episodes is this agency trying to figure out who killed um, the... Why am I blinking again? The Guardians of the Globe. The Guardians of the Globe, yeah. No, it, it's interesting, too. Walton Goggins, just an absolute killer casting for Cecil, right? Like, And Cecil's just the, the head of this agency. Perfect role, yeah. I mean, he's just dynamite. Jillian Jacobs is dynamite. We're not going to break too much of this down because... To be honest, I think if you if you're still listening, you've either watched it or I don't know if we know enough yet about what we're watching. To be honest, Mark, to talk about it, I and we and I say go go watch it and join join the discussion. I do not want to read a single one of these comic books anymore until this is done because I just I how I don't know how Amazon makes it another two weeks without renewing it for a second season. Mark, it's compelling story because we're at the point where it's just like there was a like this demon investigator who's like an aid um i'm blanking on the dc character's name forgive me but basically it's like actually from hell a demon who escaped hell Hellboy, not hellboy the dc version it oh my gosh i'm like on the verge of pronouncing it he always rhymes oh yeah oh yeah yeah, and he's in justice league dark and now i'm just like i feel anyways moving on from that someone robbie's yelling at right now is the is the character you're talking about yes where it's just like he's you know, he has a psychic ability basically and he can, he's trying to piece it together and he kind of gets to the point where he's like this, like Omni-Man's the killer and Cecil basically produces a seance to send him back to hell because he's like, we gotta keep this quiet. I thought that was insane. Like who, who thinks of that stuff? You're not going to find anything like this out there. I know there's a lot of superhero shows and movies going around, but this is really, really special and unique. And I think that's that's what makes it special. It's not it's not a DC or Marvel like property. I mean, yeah, you probably can watch be like, oh, they're ripping off this character, this character. And it's like, who cares? It's like it's a set in a different world, the different rules, and that's I think what makes stuff like this when it's treated right, just like the boys or Umbrella Umbrella Academy, makes it special in its own thing. And it's the genre that people want right now. That's just suck it up. That's that's what's that's, <laughs> and if you're listening to our show anyway, like you're you're listening because of the genre. Let's be mm-hmm. honest with yourselves, <laughs> with ourselves here. So like I I think the cast is great. Jason Mansukis, Dynamite is explode. We haven't we, can't give him enough praise. Zazie Beats is just absolutely crushing it as Amber Bennett. J.K. Simmons is Omni Man. Y- you can't you can't get a better casting than that in my opinion. Steven Yoon is Mark Grayson. I, I believe it's a teenage kid. I, Steven Yoon is absolutely doing a remarkable job as this as well. Sandra Oh as Debbie Grayson. She's obviously from the Grey's Anatomy series. I just have been very, very impressed with not only the casting choices in this show, but also the the way that they've stylized it similar to the comics. I've actually looked up pictures in the comics of, of this show, and I've been very much impressed with 
it looks pretty much beat for beat like what they're doing in the comics and i've been not only impressed i've been like i've i feel full after well, watching these episodes right and like then like episode four you we're what there's like four villains potential new villains that are like kind of set up so it's like where are they going with this there's you basically like fed me four different things i have to worry about going forward with this like young group of heroes yeah and mark is the main hero ironically is his name and i i just i i don't yeah that that might be the one thing that really deters me from loving this show um but no no i've I've really enjoyed this i this is unique i know that sounds weird to say in this environment of superheroes being out there but this is completely unique and different and I think it's going to go ways that I'm not expecting. And and from my understanding of this run with Invincible from people I trust, this is a very, very special storyline. So I'm excited for it. So we're not even going to pontificate of what we think it'll be because technically we could go read about it. <laughs> so it would it kind of doesn't make sense to do that. Perfect segue to, you know, things we might think will be Falcon Winter Soldier. For sure gave us a secret villain that now we can hypothesize that it's Mephisto again. So I'm glad Disney's given us that. Yeah, for sure. But you can check this out uh, on Amazon plus on is Amazon video. That's what it's called. Amazon video. Go check this out. This is invincible. Kirkman has done it again. If you're a walking dead fan, this is a must watch. If you're a superhero fan, this is a must watch six out of six from both of us. We'll make sure we check it out. So let's dive into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mark. Uh, again, this is going to be another spoiler review, so just so you know, as we do pretty much every week, and probably the reason you're here is because we've been breaking this this stuff down episode for episode. And, Mark, if for those that this might be their first time listening to our show, can you remind them what your ratings have been of the previous two episodes? I've been in the five, five and a half range, I think. If I remember, I mean... Yeah, I've been, at, I've been at a solid five both times, and I've been impressed with how they have been doing this show the thing that i've said up to this point that i'll just echo again today and maybe you can hop in and chime in if you have a thought on this mark is i've really appreciated the pacing of this show in comparison to wandavision and i've appreciated how they've been making things that would potentially take a long time to get done get done in a snap yeah and like i think i may have said this when we were talking about wandavision where i just feel like that was wandavision's point was supposed to be this long drawn out thing where what we were going to get and what we are getting with Falcon Winter Soldier is it's action. There's no digging deep. We're just like, we're giving it to you. And I think, yeah, it's a, it's a change of pace. And I think that's what they had to do. They couldn't have just done another long, long drawn out series. Cause then you just get bored of that. It's like, okay, it's the same, the same formula they're using where this, it's like, this is their action show. So that's what we're getting. Yeah. You could listen to some of our WandaVision reviews. We've talked about it at nauseum. I'm not going to bring it up anymore, but I I was not impressed with the pacing of that show. I'll leave it at that. So, Mark, real quick, talk about this episode, Broad Strokes, before we dive into the beat-by-beat beat parts of the show. What's your rating of it, and what are your thoughts as we head into episode four next week? That, I mean, this is a six out of six episode for me. That's how I feel about this episode. Uh, we get more Captain America, John Walker. He's great. Mason stuff. We're kind of – I feel like we got – him finally being like okay we need to either track down Bucky and Sam and like buddies with them or just hide in the back and then take credit once they figure it all out that's what I feel like is going down with this episode we get Bucky and 
Sam teaming up with Zemo, which I liked that sequence. Um, Sharon Carter comes back. Uh, you know, they're trying to track down who um, has created the new serum. And then we get a little more, um, how would you say, like, more character development and humanizing of the Flag Smashers. Yeah, I, I, you're hitting a lot of the beats we're going to talk about, too. Well, broad strokes, bro. Broad strokes, I feel you. No, I, 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 this is a six out of six for me as well. I just got done reading two reviews, Mark, before this show, ripping this show apart for this episode, saying this is a slow episode, this is all exposition, and while there is exposition being articulated in this, there are some really major things happening in this episode, in particular in regards to the connection with the X-Men. Because you saw an X symbol that looked like the X-Men symbol that's where no, you're pulling from your pull, I'll, t- I'll talk should about I, that. Should I bit. take that down from my from my board? No, I know you're you're playing Mephisto's advocate and I'm all in with. <laughs> Cuz I saw that. I know what you're talking about or I well, mean Well, no, no, know, there's there's other I, stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know. I know the other stuff, but like I saw that piece and I was like, "Okay, Marvel, like screw you. It's Mephisto doing this to us." So like, you know, yeah. I, I almost wonder if Marvel just like goes back and adds more after we watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, after we watched WandaVision and just like yeah, let's make it a little worse. Let's make it a little worse on. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think six out of six, this actually is my favorite episode so far. And there's a couple of reasons this is my favorite episode so far. I cannot believe how fantastic Baron Zemo coming back is. Right. I, I And we're going to talk about him as a character. This really, really, really. Daniel Brühl had to come back. This This was such a great move by Marvel to get him to come back. Sharon Carter, played by Emily Van Camp, once again, is back in this just remarkable role. I love how they've changed both of these characters to fit this world now. But I really, really buy where they're at. I think, and we're going to talk about both these characters, I just really, really appreciate how this show right now is just slowly turning up the notch every single episode in the intensity, pacing, and storytelling I feel like it's going to crescendo in the next probably hour and a half of, of show here. And we're in for a really big treat on the back end of episode five and six, I feel like. And I know the creators have really been touting that episode five is the big episode. I also am holding my breath because of what Paul Bettany did to me. But again, I'm with you, Mark. Six out of six. This is pretty great. I don't know where this is going either. And that's my favorite part about these Disney Plus shows is I have no idea where these are going mark what did you think of the global repatriation council promo on the front end and the propaganda we're getting of this rebuild restore uh it was three r's uh restore rebuild reset restore what are you thinking of this promo and what are you thinking of just seeing the grc using captain america as its own business icon to take things down I think it, you know, it tries to set it, like, like I said, it's propaganda to look good. And then we get a, a little sneak peek in the episode where it's like the, um, what's her name? The main, the redhead. Um, I'm forgetting her. I always forget her name. Anyways, Carly Morgenthau. Ba- yep. She says to like the people that, you know, the country they're in, in this episode, you had six months supplies of this stuff or something like that. And you weren't giving it to the people who need it. So it's like, it's like they're showing the world that they're, you know, this peacekeeping stuff. And like after that promo, we see a bunch of people coming out with Captain America with guns. So it's like, are they really like a peaceful organization or 
are they? Is it like that's their facade to the world that sees them, and what they really are is not so good? I don't know. Where the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been its best, in my opinion, with these characters, so Captain America subgroup, Captain America, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Agent Thirteen, Zemo, blah 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 blah. Where this universe has been at its best is speaking on political things without beating it over my head. This episode is a great example of how you do that efficiently. I had some qualms with how they did some things last episode. I understood the choices they made, but I had some qualms with some of the things they they did and the way they beat it over my head. Not saying I agree or disagree with it. I'm saying you just you're forcing it down my throat versus showing it to me and letting me learn and process it. I really feel like this is a very unique way of doing it on the front end again, and this is what I appreciate on Marvel. And I agree with you, Mark. I, I This makes me question a lot of things, and, and man, is it timely. Winter Soldier was such a timely movie. At the time, Snow, all the stuff with Snowden had come out about the information that the government in the United States and other governments were tracking people with. And... I just think it's, again, another great example of talking about things that are public without referencing them directly. (laughs) And I really think this is another win for this show to go down this route and show two sides of these governments and two sides of how they do things and really looking at it through the lens of Sam has been a joy for me. I've really enjoyed that. I, I may not like fully like buy into some ways of interpretation or things, but I respect the storytelling and I respect the direction they've chosen. I I respect the boldness at which the show takes swings. So, but John Walker and Battlestar engage the German who is housing Morgenthau. He spits on him and John Walker is just pretty doggone close to losing all of his ish mark. Do we think we're going to get a berserker John Walker by the end of this? Like, how how does this guy in Battlestar's story climax here? You kind of referenced it in your, your review, but, like, where do you even think this goes? Because this kind of just feels like the odd man out right now in the story. For sure. Like, you know, they're one step behind. Or wait. No, they'd be, like, two steps behind, I believe, with um, what Sam and Buck are doing. Well, why not three, Mark? Why not four? Why not five? Well, okay, I don't, I don't know what you want. Do you want how me to shove numbers on your How many steps do you want them to be behind? Like That's that, what so. I want. But with this scene in particular, I think we get that... Captain America, um, the Captain America, is, I think, getting frustrated. Don't call him the Captain America. His name's John Walker, and he's he's U.S. Captain America. He's not the Captain. Don't call him the Captain America. He's not the Captain America. He is the Captain America. Is there another Captain America? Is there there another Captain America currently? Yeah, his name's Sam. Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson gave up the shield because he's a punk and doesn't deserve it right now because... He is screw. He's making Bucky sad, so I don't like when Bucky's sad. So the Captain he's America, he's making Bucky sad, so he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Heard it here first. So. Have you okay, confirmed that you're a Bucky Stan? Is that what we're confirming here? Are you one of those teenage girls that follows uh, Sebastian Stan Stan accounts on TikTok? Is that what we're hearing here? Does Sebastian Stan have a TikTok? No, like the Stan accounts where it's like you know just videos of Sebastian Stan doing you know goofy things. With 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 music with background music that's super weird. Do you follow stuff like that? No, I was asking you. Well, I was explaining no. what the concept of a stan account is. Well, apparently you have to do that, and no, I don't. I, I do work not. with teenagers. This is how I know these things. I'm hip and with it, as the kids say. Hip hip, hip and with it. That's and that's coming back. It. Hip and, and with it. 
Okay, no, but back back to Captain America and Battlestar. Um, yeah, knock off Captain America, but go ahead. No, it's actually the Captain America because they've, America's announced him as the Captain America, and he has his own toys. Does Steve Rogers have his own toys as Captain America? Probably not. Um, anyways, moving on. Now I'm lost my train of thought because I'm so all in on Captain so America right now. ridiculously stupid. That's why. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stand up for Captain America until he does no, something bad. No, <laughs> stop. Stop acting like he's Captain America. Well, he is Captain America. He literally has Captain the Captain America shield and has an A on his body armor. And where he has a star that has a bolded A in it. It's not even a, it's not even a full A. It's just a knockoff star. Well, he has the shield. It's a cheap looking suit too. The suit looks like crap. Not just touching this, like hearing reports this week where Wyatt Russell wanted the, like the original Captain America suit that he wore. I like, how mad do you think people would be if he actually wore the original? Oh my gosh. That would be sacrilegious (sighs) to people. I would have loved it. I would have been all in on that. Um, do you think they used up all their troll tokens on Ralph Boner, and that's why they couldn't give him give him the original Captain America suit? <laughs> Feige's like, we're doing this to the people. We can't put him in a regular suit. We Wyatt, we're doing this because Kurt was in one of our movies and he asked us a favor. <laughs> yeah, and and we just got a we had we had to fill a quota, and we're gonna kill you anyway in episode five. I don't so. think they're going to kill him. I, I honestly don't believe. I think Battlestar gets killed. You've said that. You said that last week, and I think that's a very, very fair thing. Because I th- I think we'll get, you know, there'll be the change into the shields, and I think, you know, we'll probably get a humanizing moment for John Walker um, when he becomes John Walker and no longer is Captain America um, and becomes a U.S. agent. He was never Captain America, be, so you don't have well, to worry about that. he is Captain America. No, you, you don't Kirk have to worry. Currently like, he's Captain not America Captain right America. Now. Like, it's not him. When the credits roll... Does it say John Walker or Captain America? It says Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Moving on. Um, okay, now now, okay, now, we're, now that we're in the weeds and you brought something up, I got to bring something up. Go for it. My beautiful wife, Kelly, shared me a TikTok where this person, I'm sorry, if you, if you happen to be listening to this and you made this TikTok, I'm sorry, I don't remember uh, the person <laughs> I saw this. Uh, this person was talking about how the reason why we, this show is called Falcon and Winter Soldier is this is the last time this whole series, the last time we'll be referencing them as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that they'll become their new hero names after the show is done. I 90% subscribe to that right now, as of episode three. I honestly believe we'll probably get to the end of this, and Sam will, you know, take the shield back and become Captain America, and Bucky will probably become White Wolf. Right, And That's I think, his- given everything that happened with Bozeman passing away... Shuri may need just a strong side character. And Feige might look at this and go, okay, we really want White Wolf to be that guy to walk her through how to do this. And and I think when we come to it in this episode, there might be some validity into that statement. Yes, we'll talk about that at the end. And the, the end of this episode is the reason I think that. And if you're listening to this, you know the spoilers are coming, so we're not going to apologize for that. No, I, I think, no, but but I'd like to stay on track with it just for the sake of the the listeners. Okay. I'm with you on the John Walker Battlestar stuff. I know there is a line where John Walker gets paralyzed. I think that could be a real possibility here. And and with that, okay, back to that, that scene where he gets frustrated. I think that's where we're getting, where he's finally like, he's like, I just want damn respect. Like, I, like... Yeah, like I think he 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 is stressed out. He thinks wearing this Captain America suit that makes him more important, and he you know he has his buddy Battlestar that's like all like do, you know all trusting in him, 
And I think we're kind of going to get an unchained Captain America where he's just willing to kind of go off grid and break the rules to like track down, um, you know, the flag smashers. So he might become dangerous down the road. Did you appreciate how quick it was Bucky getting Zemo out of prison? Oh, I loved it. I'm, I was so happy because I was like, they're going to find they're going to find a way to break him out. And I'm glad they didn't do like this. Whole- I thought this wasn't going to happen to the end of the episode. Yeah. And I, that's why I thought I was like initially I was like this better not be the whole episode is them breaking him out. And I loved how they like, um, Ant-Man this, where it was just like him telling a story and the whole breakout scene was happening. And then by that time he was done telling the story, Zemo's in their meetup location. Zemo's the best part of this episode by a mile. I I would argue right now he's the best part of the series. I absolutely loved Daniel Brühl's portrayal of Zemo in this episode. I think this from the evil entrance to the way he's escaping and his intelligence level. He's one of the smartest people in this universe, it's clear. Um, at least on this planet, forgive me. Not Maybe not universe. I love every engagement he has with them. It, like, he really is the perfect third person with Sam and Bucky. It just feels like the first three episodes have been building to this trio being together. And these next three episodes, we're going to get to watch it happen. And, and we all know that Zemo's going to betray them. Like it, He's got to. Or, he's going or like, to. There's no question. Or, or just kind of like how this episode happened where there's a, a moment where he kind of just walks away. And I was like, okay, this is where he goes off and does his own thing. But that wasn't the case. Because I twice. think the reason why he you, did you it can, twice. Yeah. The reason why they can trust him is because this dude, like, doesn't want there to be super soldiers. So. His code, as Bucky said, is really law. And, and, and what did you think of them? I don't think they shifted his character. But did you like the explanation for him being a baron? Like. He's got fancy cars. He's got a butler in a plane. Like, real Batman vibes here. Yeah, that's what I was, I was really shocked. Like, I'm sure it's in the comic books with him. But, like, I was like, oh, yeah, isn't he supposed to be, like, rich? And, like, of course he would still... But it just seemed, like, so odd that, like, you know, he's supposed to be in prison. But, like, he would have still access, quick access to get his butler and a plane to them. Well, and, and, and the way they even explained Hydra, how he's like, hey, I was hunting down Hydra before you guys destroyed my my city and that, that's an, another nuts thing so it's like there's a whole backstory with him where he was hunt yeah like you said hunting down hydra and killing and messing up their whole thing what are the odds that we're getting a daniel Brule show down the line with him like i there's a chance we might get a show with him i mean maybe but like d- do we want does like the masses want that uh i think after this season and in a good thunderbolt sh- movie they might maybe i love the direction of zemo i love even how he's cultured like how the discussion of him talking with Sam and Bucky about Marvin Gaye and how Bucky's like, I like 40s music. And Sam's like, dude, Marvin Gaye's good. <laughs> Zemo pops. And he goes, it really just encompasses the African-American experience. It's just like, you are such a dick, but doggone it, you're funny. <laughs> and Sam's like, there's a lot of have issue with that. He's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just loved it. I, I, this and I've got more to say about Zemo. Oh, but, and that's the other thing know. we get from from that scene when they're in the plane in the jet, um, his private jet, is he's <laughs> must be really good <laughs> with sleight of hand because he stole the little book of Bucky's. Yeah, and we find out that that was Captain America's little book. Yeah, dude. I mean, so my bad. Just Steve, like little Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers' book. I don't want to get people confused with Steve Rogers and Captain America. I'm sorry. You're so full of crap, Mark. Honest to God. But we get Madripoor. This this is a big so for those that don't know, this is a very, very big X-Men city. It is a small island in Southeast Asia, just like Singapore. And we actually get 
an X-Men character in this show with Selby, the the, the female who Zemo said is the contact. She is an X-Men character in the comics who has the ability to speak to computers, which I think was the, the hint of like, put your phone on speakerphone so we can all hear it. And yep. that, that was just a nice little Easter egg. But this is where Wolverine fought the silver samurai in the comics, Mark. This is where Wolverine has fought the smiling tiger, which is obviously a, a sweet Easter egg with what an obscure Easter egg too, by the way, with Sam uh, of that, like there has to be a story behind that picture of him in that suit, right? Like that had to have been like at some party that he was at, and Marvel's like, "Oh, you got to wear that again. We got to make fun of you with this." <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. This is a really, really big deal that this is in it, and it's going to go under the radar because of a lot of other things. In particular, the end of this episode, I think the masses are going to care what happened more about what happened at the end of this end of this episode with Zemo and. Mm-hmm. But Madripoor being in this in this show, this is essentially a big step towards the X Men, and it just was like such an offhand way of doing it that I appreciated, and it wasn't big and gigantic like we thought in WandaVision. Do you think she was in Westview like six months ago? No. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because, you know, that's where all the X-Men are going to get their powers, is if you live in Westview for no three days after the, or six weeks after the blip, or three weeks after yeah, the blip. No. Okay. Did you, and we still don't know who the power broker is, even though power broker is the <sighs> title of this episode. Either It's either Mephisto, <laughs> it's Zemo still pulling the strings, it is. I'm. I'm actually leaning. It might be Sharon Carter. Dude, we're on the same page on this. I think it might be Sharon Carter too. Th- this is where. This is where I like. It led me. Like this. Is where when I watched it the second time, I noticed. Let's this. talk about it. Go. Yeah. Um, okay. So like when they talk to the lady first, and Selby. they go to the Selby. My bad. Yeah. Thank you. And they go to the um con- container ship or, or barge where they're like moving containers and where the person where an eagle is yep oh that was a great sequence too it's just like hey i was working on this for the cia that was another thing like he was he was working on building the serum and not just like a serum you have to be like placed in a machine or like turns your weird colors or makes you huge like literally something that like like a simple serum anyways i think that was another thing there's a lot to talk about with that yeah but they get there and she says we got to hurry up and like she like when they walk in there, she walks off and it's like on the phone. I think she called the bounty hunters. This power broker thing is a huge part of this show, right? That's now. another big revelation is like, I never thought about that. I just thought like, yeah, she get the same treatment like Bucky and Sam and all of them. No, she's literally been on the run since civil war. So if she didn't get, if she didn't get blipped, she's been on the run for nine years. Yeah. Nine years. I mean, that's a long time. And so, yeah, Nat, I, I, so you're talking about Sharon Carter's introduction here, which is great. And I'll, I'll have a, I had a question earlier, but I'll, I'll put oh, it that nine years. It'd be, I'll ask it. I'll ask seven it. years. It'd be seven yeah. years. Cause it'd be five plus what two. They were on the run for at least two years, somewhere between seven and nine years. Two, yeah. She's an art thief Basically. and owns this like club essentially. And she's mocking captain America. Yeah. She's openly mocking the symbol of Captain America. Like I, I was really floored by this. I I I really appreciated how the MCU explained her. Um, I did not expect it. I expected to be like, oh, she's following them. You know, the CIA is kind of keeping on to what they're doing. And no, she's on on her own. And I appreciated that. And I I, I got to talk about this dance scene, Mark. This dance scene with Baron Zemo, right, is That's, the funniest was, thing I've so- seen in a Marvel show, in so, in a Marvel product dating back to Endgame, like it's it's this is just unbelievably funny i cannot believe they put this in 
it's so it's it's cringy, but it's like the perfect amount of cringe to make me just giggle and not judge it too much. I didn't see it cringy at all. It's like this is totally what this guy is. He likes to just socialize and be normal. I didn't even think of it cringy. That's what I thought. It was like this is like what this like. If we didn't see him in Civil War, he he might look like a good person. As you're saying, they needed to humanize him after Civil War. That was what this episode needed to do. And it did. Because he says that in the, in the, when Bucky and him have a conversation in the, when he's still in the jail cell. Is, you know, basically he's like, yeah, I'm like, sorry for what I did. But, you know, at the time he felt it was necessary. Probably because his wife and child. And, and, and was it his dad or her dad that died? Or got killed in the, yeah, act, in I, the I, I, Sokovia I, yeah. thing. So it's like, I feel like yeah. he, you know, at that point, you know, did what he did based off of rage. And I not appreciate how they're decision. fleshing out this character. Um, and yeah, I, I like it. It, it. It's it's a subtle scene. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> to be to be honest, it's it's. It's not really that it's not really that good. It, it really is kind of stupid to me, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was funny. Um, seeing Daniel Brühl be like a nice, funny guy is just, it's an interesting way to, they're swerving that character and they zigged instead of zagging with, with Sharon Carter. And I appreciated that. Did not expect the direction they went with either of them. I, uh, to be honest with WandaVision, there were some beats of like, yep, I expected some of those things. Sure. Um, that in terms of character development and that's not what we saw here. And I, I like that we pan over to the Morgantow and the flag breakers we found out that Morgantown wanted to be a teacher. We find out that um, her mentor, and we don't really know a ton about this mama figure that's been taking care of her and other flag breakers who were part of this, you know, system of orphans. I, I don't really even kind of fully understand where this is at yet. They're stealing from the GRC, which we talked about at the beginning. There's other stuff we're going to talk about, so I just want to skip kind of ahead with Morgantown, but... She blows up the building, and and yeah, we get this humanizing scene with her talking about how Those she. Blows the building with people in it too, like these G, these uh, what are they the G C R or what it was yeah, called again? G R C G R C. Yep. G R C. There you go. I'll be honest with you, Mark. I I have not found her character humanizing, and they've tried to I, do I it. Th- I thought this episode they did a little bit better, like giving her you know a sympathy moment, and you know, here's what I wish I, you know, here's what I would have done if like, you know, I wasn't in this life. I, I mean, I think they, they did in this. Ironically, episode. this is kind of the same way Zemo was treated in civil war. Zemo could have used like two more scenes in civil war, just kind of talking about his backstory. Sure. And he just didn't have it. He was a great villain, but he just didn't have it. And now that you're watching like this episode, he gets way better in civil war, right? Like this is going to make, th- this show is going to make civil war such a better movie. And it's already a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Morgan Tau is kind of in that camp for me. I, I'm really at like a four out. I'm at a three out of six with her, to be honest. I'm really middle of the road with her. She's just like a big bad that it's, I'm not, I'm not getting much out of that. And I'm like, we're three yeah. episodes in. You got to give me something here. Come on. Let's we're, we're coming up on episode four. You got to make me really care about what this character is standing for. Okay. And then this is my, like the kind of go on with this group. So 20 samples of the serum was taken, right? Because that's what the guy said. And eight of them were taken by this group. It Was it not the group that stole all 20? Or She stole all 20, so there's 12 remaining. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's what I'm getting to. It's like, so there's still 20 vials, or 12 vials remaining, because there were eight of them originally. Because one's dead, right? Yes. One got shot yeah, yeah, one, yeah. One, one got killed by the CIA. Yeah, I, I just, that's the one thing I'm, I will criticize this show on so far. 
Morgantown, the flag breakers development has not been good. It, it, it's been middle of the road at best. And, and again, I, I'm trying to, with WandaVision, I learned, don't get my expectations too high. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, at least they're giving you 50-minute episodes. Yes, these, these episodes, yeah, you're nailing that. Um, so I'm, I'm being cautious about Morgantel. That's why I'm keeping her at, at a 3 out of 6 right now. But she's the weakness of the show. It, it, feels like, it feels like when we cut away from everybody else to her... I'm like, oh, what am I doing? I don't want to. I don't want to see. Well, her okay. I think this is why. This is why you feel like this. It's just let's let's go. Not Mephisto's advocate, but just going off the weeds a little bit. I think the reason why we're not getting big development or making them seem like the big bad is because I don't think they are going to be the big bad. Maybe. I I think the broker's a, a big badder person. I think. Well, who was the, the unknown caller that texted her again? It, it was like, the power broker. Yes. Okay, so, so I think that's who we're going to find out is the, the actual big bad. Or, you know, like at the end of the episode, the big swerve, maybe maybe Zemo's the power broker and he's been pulling the strings in jail, you know, ever since. So, yeah. And, it, and that's the reason he was able to get out so easily. I don't know. Because I don't maybe I still feel like the Flag Smashers are actually trying to do the best because that's what we're definitely getting from them is like they're trying to give medicine and food to people that need it. And that's why they're breaking in, because I just feel like the GRC might be maybe they know something about the GRC where they're doing something bad and that's why they're willing to steal from them and basically robbing hooding it i think the flag breakers are giving us what we thought civil war's ending was going to be i think they're going to give us a big showdown with a bunch of super soldiers and we're going to see somebody that we know that doesn't have a super soldier serum get it you like sam i i don't know you think sam Sam gets this i think it's john walker i think um maybe sharon maybe sharon carter maybe sharon carter goes and gets it um Maybe Zemo tries to get it. If John Walker gets it, then he could just always be Captain America. So oh, I really well. just don't <laughs> think the flag breakers right now. I think there's some big plan. I think they're going to try to kill half the population, Mark. That's what I think well, is going to happen. Oh, I suppose because that's what they want. They that's want what they want. And I don't know how they're going to do it. And some people have talked about in little bits, which is our rumor segment on our show. People have talked about that it could be the Terrigen crystals, which would be in humans, and that's the way that they talked about Miss Marvel. Do you think? Do you think this the series? I mean, just go off that off that deep end. You think really this Falcon Winter Soldier is gonna no create the Inhumans? Like that'd be insane just for a six episode series. I do not, based on how Wandavision was, and that's the whole thing. But that's that's like is that what they did? Like, hey, we want you to overthink everything in Wandavision, but actually, it's more straightforward. Where they're like, actually, we want you to think deep in the weeds because that might actually happen. Like that'd just be. There insane. are some mental gymnastics happening right now by you and I that yeah. are are a lot of stretches. I, I, I'm not saying they can't, and I'm not even saying they won't. I'm just saying I do not think that's the direction they're going. I think if Terrigen crystals were going to be in it, we would have seen Terrigen crystals by now, or we would have had some reference two crystals but right now it's been all about this freaking super soldier serum and i don't mind having that as a storyline i said that last week it just takes away from me the mystical element of things and i think they're trying to keep this show grounded mark i think they're trying to keep this show on earth very earth-based because with wandavision it was like reality meta stuff and then with loki it's going to mess with time so we're going to get those opportunities in other spaces. I think you're right with this is supposed to be more earth based and more, you know, based in like Sam and Bucky can can fight this. Cause I think that that's what that's what we're supposed to get at the end of this. I just I honest I'm on this subject too. It's just like 
you know, we're supposed to get like Bucky and Sam don't get along, blah, blah, blah. And like, especially when um, the shipping containers get blown up, they don't take direction from each other well. I think that's what we're going to get at the end of this, episode, this, this series is them being buddies and like working well together. Or like you say, maybe they do break off, but but still leave on good terms. We yeah. talked about it with Nagel. He developed the new serum after being blipped. We find out he was re- recruited by Hydra. Then the five Siberian um, soldiers didn't work out. So then he gets blipped. And then, or I'm sorry, then he gets snapped. Comes back from the blip. All of that stuff is gone. CIA had done it. That's all gone. So he gets hired by the power broker, which I no, thought was- No, no, a- no, 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 no. You're missing that wrong. Hydra falls. He gets recruited by CIA. Then gets, gets blipped. Then gets snapped. Correct. And, and then he's like, hey, they didn't continue, uh, dis- didn't continue, discontinued his work. And he goes to the power broker to have the power broker fund his research. That's correct. That's how that went. Forgive me. Thank you for explaining yes. that correctly. That is important. Because yeah, that is very important. Because you got to think Hydra was working on it, kind of got there, and then he he kind of figured it. He got to the point where he's able to optimize the serum without anything crazy going on, and then he gets blipped, comes back, and wasn't able to utilize it, but was so close to that. And like he says, I was a god, is what he says, because he basically created you know superhumans. So, I don't know. And that's where we go back to these Terrigen crystals. Like, what if you, with the serum that they have, and they find the crystals, I mean, that's where I think that, that theory can really make sense. You know, find a way to inhuman everybody. I just think, I just I think they wouldn't be stealing refugee things if they were going to do that. It's, it's, it's hiding in plain sight. You, you think that they're, you know, a terrorist organization that's, you know, trying to also act like Robin Hood. But really, they're doing something deeper. I mean, that's total Marvel, up Marvel's alley. So. I'm not saying they can't. I'm not saying they can't. I'm saying there's just not enough evidence right now to say that it's being there. And obviously with Marvel too, whenever Marvel does decide to do Terrigen crystals in the MCU, if they, assuming they do try to do this, they're going to need to make it a big, very focused, very well explained event that people understand. Sure. It cannot just be blown over because... Miss Marvel, for example, needs that explanation to be good for her character to pan out yep. because she's going to Captain Marvel immediately right after that. And I, I think with her and Rambeau, the expectation is those two are going to be really, really poignant characters in that show. So I, I, I'm with you, Mark. I think I love the way they explain the serum. Again, we're going back to Isaiah Bradley. A lot of Isaiah Bradley talk. This is the, the this was a bold choice by these showrunners to do it this way. And I absolutely applaud the direction they've gone with Isaiah Bradley. I think this has been great. I am ex- so excited. I totally could see us getting an Isaiah Bradley series down the line or even a movie. Like I just totally lo- dig that side character story. I dig the way they're telling it and I dig the explanation of things and I dig the way Sam is processing it. And I, I really appreciated that. I, to find out that his, the serum comes from him. I mean, if Steve Rogers had known about this, Mark. I mean, just like, can you just imagine how unglued that man would have come? I mean, like, ridiculous. But he, but Nagel gets killed by Zemo, and then we get this massive fight from Sharon Carter to give these guys time to find this information out. You know, I'm sorry, but I, I have to step in on this. I have to soften the weeds. You know, you say if Captain America, or my bad, Steve Rogers, um, knew about this. You're, it, such, it just, it, you're it doing it on purpose now. Now you're doing know, this on purpose. I know I'm doing it on purpose, but I'm doing it on purpose for a reason. He left Bucky alone to go 
to go change the timeline, which he said he wasn't going to do, but he does with Sharon or with uh, Peggy, because that's what the ruse was confirmed. Um, left this man to be basically alone with his depression and PTS- PTSD. And that dude should have been there for Bucky to recover from this and not just leave to go get his. Oh, I'm sorry, you got this. Never mind. I, mean, I was gonna, Max, I was going to say get his dick wet, but um, you can edit that part out, Max. But basically, go live his, his you know, quote-unquote life. And it's just like, you, you could have just chilled down and like been like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Because that's what he did anyways, to go back in time, to give that dance. But could have came back and, like, helped Bucky out more. I don't know. That's why I'm just, I have animosity towards... You, you legitimately have animosity towards it. Yeah, because I just feel like, like, seeing just a few, you know, just three episodes of Bucky dealing with this crap that he has to deal with like internally it's just like it like hits me hard and i just feel like he wronged him and like that scene where they're in the you know with the him and bucky and sam with the therapist and but like that scene just still like it like eats me away where he's like if cap was wrong about you the cap was wrong about me and it just it just upsets me and that's why i am i'm even harder with team iron man than i ever was because of this series and i feel like Steve Rogers has wronged Bucky. It's so interesting that you interpret it that way. And, and I'm not mocking you when I, when I say that. I, I really do believe this is proving Captain America was right. I believe this is all proving that the government cannot be trusted in any circumstance. The government... Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I'm not saying that like, you're a pro-government guy or anything. I'm saying, like, the events of Infinity War and Endgame proved that Captain America was right. And it proved that Captain America would be there. He did tell him in Age of Ultron, we'll fight him together. And Iron Man was like, we'll lose. And he's like, we'll do that together too. Well, the first time around, they weren't all together. The second time they were. And all the things that Cap's talking about, how our hands are the safer hands. Well, Sam Wilson's hands are a much safer set of hands right now than John Walker's hands. And it's... Nobody disagrees with that, Mark. I'm not saying you disagree with that. No, I, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I play, I like to play the the bit of, you know, being all in on Jen Walker, which I will always be. But, you know, if I did there have to be all in on this There are people, that are still Team Iron Man on that debate. And, and, I th- and that's what makes that movie great, by the way, is there's a legitimate argument there. There's a reason why Captain America gave the shield to Sam. Because he believed Sam would embody the same ideals Steve Rogers did basically being like hey i know the the government is not trustworthy but i know you will stand up to them to make them as trustworthy as possible this is interesting mark so i'm, I'm glad you brought this up because i i wanted to talk about this in my show notes towards the end but i'll talk about it now okay this episode is totally 100 solidifying that sam is going to get the shield and here's why we're seeing more interactions with sam being wholesome Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, like, Sam's discussion of him trying to connect with Bucky about Marvin Gaye. Bucky is, like, denying it and being a grumpy old man. That's not Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers is a person that connects with people. When he heard that from Sam, he's like, oh, I'll put it in my book. And, like, you know, he wrote it down. Or, or when, like, when when they go to Sharon Carter's house and and they find out that, hey, you know, Sharon stole all this. And Sam has to Google that because he's such a wholesome guy to think that Sharon Carter wouldn't do that. Or like when he takes the shot as the smiling tiger, like 
he doesn't know how to be that guy. Or when Sarah calls him, and we didn't talk about that, but like Sarah calls him and exposes them, he he can't play the bad guy. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm going to rob the bank. Yeah, yeah, like he can't. And I think that's a very Steve Rogers like mentality and portrayal of the character. And I think Sam Rogers is completely wholesome. And I think that is what makes Anthony Mackie's you just portrayal. Call, you just call him Sam Rogers. Sam Rogers. Sam Wilson. Sorry, Freudian slip. Maybe Isaac will clip this later. I <laughs> I, I love it. I I really really think there's. It, it's very subtle, but the writing is showing it to me. And and I'm with I. I'm not necessarily fully disagreeing with you that Iron Man didn't have a point, Mark. I, I just, I find it hilarious that today in 2021, we can still have that debate over civil war. And, and that it's just, it's props to the MCU and their character development and all this way. It's really great. Um, we get the big fight from Sharon Carter. We, we talked about that. That was Emily Van Camp. Bravo. I mean, fight. that was a great fight scene. I, and I loved how they showed that. Like she literally can just, like you just see the more her, her the combat, like her just combat skills are like out of this world. So like you know going back to like does she get the serum? Because I'd be I mean what does she become if she gets the serum? Because she would just be a, a, a well obviously she'd be a super soldier, but um maybe she'll become Captain America. <laughs> I don't know, dude. There's a ch- I she might get it, but she also has some other agenda, and I don't know what it is because she gets back in the car and she's like, we've got bigger problems, and I'm like, what does that mean? She, there's another agenda there, and I and and maybe she's the power broker. I I know I I would lean if or, I or second in command to the power broker. That is kind of where I would. I'm willing to put a small fortune on that. I wonder personally, like because because as we think about it, if power broker lives on Martyrpool. Martin, how, how do I say that? I spell it out for myself. Madripoor. Okay. I don't think it's Thunderbolt Ross. I don't think it's him anymore. I, I At one point, I thought it was. I just don't think it is anymore simply from the fact that I don't think he, he's so political. He's so legalistic. I just don't see him working in those kinds of conditions. Baron Von Strucker. Oof. I'm, or not, I'm sorry, not Strucker. Uh, Zemo, excuse me. Baron oh. Zemo, maybe I could see in this in this uh, in this way. I could see Emily Van Camp's portrayal of Agent Thirteen doing it. I still think there could be old villains we don't know about that are doing this that we find out about. Maybe there's somebody from Black Widow we don't know. There's a lot of possibilities, and I just don't think it's Thunderbolt Ross. I think Sharon Carter could be that, and I think this scene was intentionally long, Mark, for that purpose. I think we want to see her as formidable foe. Or a formidable presence, at least, in this series. Yeah, because if like Sam has to fight her. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, I I think you're right. I think it totally does set up a scene where she has to either fight more people, like she's fighting with them, or she fights against them, or she gets to see him for some reason, and then it's like, okay, she's a super soldier now, has to fight Sam and Bucky. So I don't know. I'm pumped. There's there's, I don't know where it's going. I love it. Um, we talked about who the power broker is. Uh, let's talk about the 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 ending here, and they they go back towards Latvia. Mark, didn't you talk about how like hey they've been dropping hints of Wakanda and like Black Panther like every episode we gotta get a Black Panther reference. I okay. First of all, I've I've I have got to pat our podcast on the back. You, me, Isaac, and whoever else has been on. I think Zane was on episode one. Talk is Zane and Jared on episode one. Talk too. <clears throat> Zane, I believe, was like Wakanda showing up. Zane was very adamant about that in that episode. And, and I think all of us have kind of said, like, they're just talking about it way too much. 
We got a, t- a King T'Chaka reference, for goodness sake, on the front end of this episode. I this This didn't surprise me from a storytelling perspective. It surprised me from a just fandom perspective. To see the Dora Milaje show up, and that is the same Dora Milaje character that was in Civil War, as yeah, well as right? as Black it's Panther. Is that the character's name? I forget her name. I, I'll I'll have to find it maybe while you're it, like I have written down. It's like her, the character's name is A Y O. So isn't it A O? I don't know. All right, forgive yeah, us. I-O-I-O. We don't know the name. We're we're struggling with the pronunciation. But I, I this is so fascinating, Mark. This is the, this is the ultimate wrinkle in this show. Like there's a, I mean, it's the same thing as Invincible, dude. There's so many things going on here. I don't know if you really could say it's a wrinkle right now because Bucky says, like, I was wondering when you'd show up. So like he he knew eventually someone from Wakanda was gonna confront him about Zemo. I cannot believe the the balls on Kevin Feige when a year ago Chadwick Boseman passed away for him to even not, not even a year ago, bro. Yeah, not it's even like, no, for real. You're right. It's yeah, eight months ago or something. Yeah, you're right. This was like not, not even not even 250 days probably, yeah. and they are moving forward with Wakanda being present in this. Well, I think okay, I know. I always feel bad saying this, but it's like you got to. Do you think Chadwick? Do you think Chadwick Boseman's going to be in this? No, I don't think Chadwick Boseman. Well, actually, I don't know. They filmed this. Before, he could. He could show up. I don't this know. was supposed to release. Remark. Remember, this was supposed to release last year. Yeah, before I, I know that. So it's like it, this is filmed before COVID. So, like, honestly, maybe he was supposed to show up in the show, but I'm sure at this point they did reshoots. To you know, if if that is the case, if there are actual video where Chadwick is playing Black Panther in this they probably reshot it with, you know, other characters from Wakanda. Or is this the last time we see him? Or maybe that's it. I mean, I I think they would have to do pretty right. People might be upset if it's just used as an ancillary thing, but no, no, no. I, I, I don't think they would. I I'm saying if there's a way to have air quotes closure with it, they're going to use it. That's why, that's what I believe. It's like, you have to have closure with this character. You don't have to recast to T'Challa, but I do believe someone else has to take up the mantle of black Panther. That will be There's, Shuri. That will be Shuri. Or Nimbaku. Yeah, I'd I be want. cool with Nimbaku too, but I think logistically Shuri makes the most sense. I just, either way, I think, I think moving, because if you're going to have a Black Panther too, you got to have Black Panther in it. Am I wrong? Yeah. It, yes, I'm wrong or? No, 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 no you're, you're right. No, I, I'm with you. <laughs> oh. I, you and I, since day, and we, we did the, uh, we actually have a Chadwick Boseman um, tribute episode. If you want to check it out, that it's just like super raw, us talking about this. I believe it's like episode 28 was, was the episode we did, but I, I thought we really did a good job because I we talked about this in that show. And we're both really aligned. Like you have to move forward with the property because Wakanda but you has don't such have a- to recast T'Challa. You don't you don't have to do that. But I just feel like the, the continue of the story, you have to I, I don't know, just to continue the MCU, Black Panther a new Black Panther has to be named. And if and if there's like an if there's a weird way of explaining why he's never around, I think people will be okay with that. And I agree, I th- but I, it still has to make sense. It just can't be like he's retired and we're gonna never see him again. But yeah, if it's if it's like hey, he's just focusing on being a king, and there's still actions coming from the top. And yeah, I agree with you. I I think that wouldn't make sense. I, I don't think that would do the character right. I think there's got to be some proper send off where he's like. Oh, you know, someone from the multiverse like sucked him up and now he's like off in space and we'll never see him again. Like I'd, I'd be fine with that versus like, yeah, he's still king. We never see him, but he still has 
dictation and sends rules down like that. I think that wouldn't be good. Uh, anyways, way into the weeds on that. Yeah, yeah, we are. But I mean, I trust Feige and all the all the director, creators, producers. Those guys love that character. They took the care to build that character in universe. They will do fine with it. No, Mark, I was not. I it was funny because I saw the little balls and I saw the little symbols. I was like, is that what Condon? And then I kind of I, a- I saw those and I'm like, oh, Max is going to be so excited when the scene when he's finally this breadcrumbs. I was giggling. I was I was like, this would be a great meme of like you and I would be Bucky and then the Dora Milaje <laughs> would be Mephisto. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I was wondering when you were going to show up. Uh, but no, when I saw the symbols, I was like, is that Wakanda? And then I saw the second one. I was like, no, nah, it's not Wakanda. I'm going crazy. And then she showed up and I went, yo, like I totally just like flipped. I loved it. I thought it was great. And man, I have not wanted to watch an episode of a Marvel show more than after that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, give me the next episode now. Um, even I would argue more than episode eight after an episode eight when Agatha Harkness tells Wanda she's the Scarlet Witch. I was ready at that moment to watch episode nine. And I'm like, this, this was a perfect cut off yeah like i'm more hyped for the next episode because you just you just cut us off with with the needle in our arm so you know and i think a lot of people have frustrations because there's a lot of exposition in this show in this episode excuse me but this scene really makes up for a ton of it in my opinion and the sh- the carter and zemo stuff just like i love it i think the carter and zemo stuff is great i i care way more about both of those characters i wanted more of like yeah like you said like it gave me insight like hey i want to know what's going on with sharon's carter's life these last few years and yeah i mean we talked about earlier on this episode the more i thought about it, it's like yeah actually i would love to see you know maybe four episodes of what zemo was doing prior to age of ultron it, they totally could do it they totally could make it happen um will <laughs> i'm asking it every week mark but uh well actually hold on real quick for that question what role is wakanda playing moving forward do you think I think they're interested on why Bucky has released, you know, Zemo because Zemo did kill um, T'Chaka. Yes, T'Chaka. Thank you. I always, my remembering names is terrible with me, Um, but I can remember your face. So yeah, there you go. We know what he looks Um, like. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're very concerned because they don't want this dude to be free, but I feel like something's going to happen where he, Obviously, Zemo gets free, right, at the end of the series. Like, he finds a way to just, like, he's not imprisoned anymore or dead. I don't think they're going to kill him off. Um, no. But, yeah, with Wakanda's involvement is probably just wanting a bo- boots on the ground to just make sure whatever... Like, maybe that's the next episode is AO is... Or someone from Wakanda is now buddying up with Sam and, and Bucky trying to figure this all out just to keep eyes on Zemo the whole time. I- I have no clue to spitball. I think they're going to try to chase Zemo and I think they're going to have to fight off Wakandans while they're fighting off all this other stuff. That's what I think is going to happen. You really think Bucky and Sam will be fighting Wakandans? I do. I think we're going to see a Wakanda mm-hmm. fight in the next, in episode five. I, I don't think so. Cause I think, you know, think about it. Bucky spent a good amount of time with people of Wakanda. So I just don't foresee him having to fight. I think, I think they're going to try to take Zemo from him and, and he's going to be like, no, and he's going to have to defend him, him and that's going to create a cre- interesting tension. Maybe, unless he's like, hey, I want to talk to Shiri and then that conversation happens. That'd be great to see one of those guys at the end, wouldn't it? Oh, I'd love it. Uh, will Sam take up the shield at the end of the series? I am a hard yes, put your money on it now, 
bye 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 i know i at the beginning of this this series i don't know if i mentioned on like the episode I was on last week but i know i mentioned to you guys um the infinity bros themselves where i thought initially like this might be a redemption story for bucky and he becomes captain america and like sam you know stays falcon or whatever but yeah i'm i'm all in that sam is going to be captain america if not by episode five for sure episode six i just don't see like unless they're playing the second season where it's just like hey we're gonna leave me in a cliffhanger and the captain america is still gonna be captain america and Shut you know sam Mark. will figure it <laughs> sam will figure it Shut out later on Mark. but yeah i i'm i'm on that boat that sam will be uh, the next Captain America. By the series. I hope his character dies. I just. I don't. I do not hope. I'm. I'm not on that boat. I. I would love I him. I'm so on the kill him boat. Oh my gosh. He's done nothing know. wrong. He hasn't done anything he's wrong. Exi- he's existed in this universe. That's his problem. There's a lot of hate. There he is a lot of hate for his character. Yeah, there is. And he's done nothing wrong, but you know, be chosen to be the Captain America. Uh, who of any characters we know of will get the super soldier serum? Does does Sam get it in the comic books? Because that's only that's my only thought. I do it's not like, think he does. I don't know that answer. I don't think Sam's gonna get it. I, I really don't. I think But but I'm still I'm still with you. I think one person's gonna get it. I think someone's gonna act either accidentally or on purpose. Obviously, there's the <laughs> two options. Um <laughs> But yeah, you're right. I I mean, for me, it, the vote would be Zemo or or Carter because they've put so much character one of those characters. Then I feel like if Zemo does it, it's accidental, so he becomes something that he oh, hates. Oh no 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 no! I see Zemo taking it as like a fine. This world wants to have Avengers, then I will become the opposite of the Avengers. But does does Zemo in the comic book have superpowers like that? Yeah, he, he or- goes toe to toe with Cap. Like actual like having super enhanced abilities. Just he can fight him. Well, I mean, Sam could fight Captain. Sure, America. but I but I mean like if I I think because I do think at the end of this the Thunderbolts are coming. Like that that to me feels like a pretty strong guess. So so I think I think they need to make Zemo strong for the sake of that. I would say Zemo gets it on accident. That's where I put my money on. Where I'd say Sharon Carter might take it on purpose if she's with. Um, um, the broker. Interesting. Who, if any, oh, I'm sorry. What is Morgan Tao's plan? So, so I, I'm going to still stick with 50% of the population dying. There's been rumors, little bits of this being a virus. There's been rumors of it being the Terrigen crystals. I think the virus thing might be a little too much given the circumstances of the real world right now. So I wonder if Marvel went back and kind of said, nah, we're gonna do that a different way given everything with COVID. That just feels to me like it would touch a nerve with a lot of people. So I don't think that's the direction they'll go, but I don't think they're going to do the crystals either. So I'm like, I don't know how they do it then, but maybe she makes the, the Max, hear me out. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm all ears with you. Here's conspiracy. Let's head to the weeds. Right off, right off the head. Um, Let's get the weed whacker. Yeah. No, leave it, leave it thick for raptors to crawl through the tall grass. Um, Okay. So she, Finds a way, finds someone to make the, to modify the serum that's left into a gas that she can, you know, expose to the whole world. She does that. And whatever this mutation, like they thought the mutation would kill half the population. It's kind of going off the, t- the humans uh, thought little bits on it, but I'm twisting it. She accidentally exposes this to half the, po- or to the population. 
and only a small portion of it, and it becomes a mutant gene. And this is how the mutant gene is exposed to to this current MCU. We're back to what, what we did in WandaVision, Mark. We're right back to where we were. Yeah. This is what the people want, and I'm giving what people want. Crazy Mark theories. Doggone it if I don't love it. Doggone it if I don't love it, Mark. They're going to in- introduce moons, and if they don't bring them from a different reality and they try to base it n- now, th- like, to get to to the X-Men, the X-Men, that how we know it, with Xavier and Magneto, you don't have time to build that story. So, like, that's where, like, you take those characters, those exact characters from um, the, st- the comic books, you would need to take them from a different reality to bring them into the MCU to make it s- make sense. But if you're just going to bring mutants with abilities with like abilities that we've seen in the comic books for, from the X-Men. That's how you do it here. So like people why just does have exi- why do Xavier and Magneto need to exist in the X-Men? They, like, they like, don't need, they don't need to, but I'm just saying if you're going to bring those exact characters in, there's, there's gotta be a, a lot of years to give him, give him who they are. Yeah. I guess that's my question to people like with the X-Men thing, because I really don't know how Feige can do that. I, I really don't know how they're going to be able to build that school and have it be there in a way that people don't suspect something. And like during infinity war, why did those jokers not head out to Wakanda to help? Like there's a lot of plot holes that the MCU creates within itself. Um, just like Martian Manhunter in the Snyderverse, they didn't feel like they needed to until that was, that was a flaw of that for sure. No, I I'm just saying like, I, I don't, I don't know if I need it. I don't know if I need Xavier to be this old person. He, he could be young and new is what I'm saying. Well, they could do it like first class where it's like, Hey, there's, yeah, these, yeah they could do it like that. But also, you know, going back to like, you know, stuff that's done in the comic books and obviously the MCU does it like pulls pieces and like does stuff. They could do it where they've been hiding in plain sight because of Xavier and, and, and he's, and he's decided to come out to society. So you're, you're, you're thinking it would be more of a homosexual, metaphor versus what the metaphor originally was was for people of color um that, that's not what i was saying no 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 i'm not judging or like i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i'm saying like does feige try to go that route with it to, because there are some of these shows and movies where where he's trying to make a statement on political commentary is what i'm saying yeah, okay yeah going political commentary on it yes I, I guess i would agree with you where it's like yeah they come out to you know the world i guess if you're gonna go that route that's not what I was thinking, though. But I guess it does make sense. That's how I heard it. that, and that's how I think the. That's how I think people who watch these shows would receive. But it. yeah, but then it gets that you know the negative connotations from the current people living in that world. It's like, well, now we have to live amongst just regular Joes that have weird mutant abilities. It honestly, it honestly and does work gets, for the narrative. And, and hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Now, now, I'm, now I'm getting even deeper. Now you might need to go get the weed whacker. And so, like, instead of that you know, long history that you kind of need with Magneto hating humans. You can basically make that a real quick story because all of a sudden there's now a good chunk of the population that hates mutants and he takes that the bad way and Xavier takes it the good way. Yeah. And obviously they're in the comics, they have been representations of MLK Jr. and Malcolm X. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're going to do like the coming out way. I'm saying that just seems like a logical parallel to go given the political tension and temperature of the world right now, but we'll leave it at that. Don't want to get too political today. Uh, not, not saying we're for against it. We're just saying that's what could come about it. That's all I'm trying to say. 
Um, any other thoughts about this episode before we go to the top five? We'll probably have some things there too, but just double checking. It made me think like with the, the scientist who was creating the serum with that explosion, with all the chemicals and gases, if he becomes something, that's what, that's what I thought. It's like, okay, he was still in uh, there. He's dead. Zemo shot him in the head. Yeah, sure. But like, you're telling me that serum that he's been working on doesn't get into his blood and yeah, like does you're something. Right. Anything could be happening. You're right. I don't it's, see it. It's a comic book world, Max. He was Anything a is possible. Character. He's not coming back. Oh, yeah, until Wanda brings him back. <laughs> no, Wanda will bring back his X-Men version, but then it'll be some some joke based on... <laughs> his name was actually Barry McCockter. <laughs> it's still like... It, it, Ralph Boner still to this day is the worst thing that the MCU... It's the worst thing the MCU's ever Loved done. Loved it. By a mile. Worst it's thing. horrible. I don't know. They've done Captain Marvel, so... <laughs> Now, now you're just trying to get me going, and I'm not going to go for it. Let's head to the top five. We're going in three, 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 on something that's happened in the previous days or weeks this week, we are closing out with our top five moments from Falcon in the Winter Soldier, episode three. Mark, what is your number five? My number five was um, Captain America deciding to go rogue. It's you know, Captain to bet America, on the best John hand. Walk, it's John Walker. It's not Captain um, America. So my number five, again, Captain is, Captain, is the Captain America, the Captain America, a.k.a. Johnny Walker, Going, deciding to go rogue and betting on the best hand, knowing that the best hand is Bucky and Sam. My number five is the Madripoor appearance. Uh, this is great because it's just we're slowly getting X Men, and even having Selby there, who's an X Men character, was really cool. And other references, there was just a lot of X Men references in this, and I really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to how I, I, I'm with you, Mark. I'm I'm fascinated to see how they do it because they are behind the eight ball on that subject, and I don't know how they're going to do it. So. Uh, I'll go to number four. My number four is Sharon Carter kicking ass. I, I think this is great. I, she got a long fight. Nobody else really did. <laughs> and I, I respect and love it. And I think it's great. And I think it was it was cool to see her keeping the bad guys away from Sam and Bucky. I think it was great. I loved it. I think Emily Van Camp is criminally underutilized in this whole MCU experiment. And... I'm glad that she's back in this universe. And I really appreciated the way they explained her story. My number four was, you know, being brought to light that Zemo is a Baron and, you know, came from royalty and still has money connections and just access to a jet <laughs> and a butler. I think that, that just blew my mind. The Bruce Wayne of the MCU. The evil Bruce Wayne or good Bruce Wayne, depending on your. Um, yeah, you know, you're you're so different. Your view you of think, him. You think John Walker I'm is Captain G. America. You're so different. John Walker is Captain America. Like, I, I don't know how you can't understand that. He's not Captain America. It not, did. What do they hashtag call Hashtag not my Captain America. Well, he is just like, our, you know, any president in the United States when you're a U.S. citizen is your president, Max. So buckle up. <laughs> Get Mark going. Get Mark going. <laughs> All right, so my number my number three is um, it's the when so at the end of the scene when they go you know track down who's making the serum, and Zemo gets that car, and they get in, 
with, you know, Bucky in the front and Sam in the back. And Sam's like, you're not going to move your seat up, are you? And then Bucky's like, nope. Love that callback from Civil War. I didn't think that scene in Civil War was, like, that funny. Like, everybody talks about that scene like it's this great scene. And I'm like, it's it's a good scene, but it's not like, I don't know. That scene doesn't hit as big for me as other people, but it is what it is. Number three for me is Zemo's breakout. I loved how I, I agree with you. You nailed it. You totally stole the way I was going to say it. They ant manned it. They quickly explained yeah. how he did it. They made it funny. They made it d- interesting. Didn't have to spend a ton, ton of time on it. Nope. Not a ton of time or a lot of the budget to make it happen either. And I appreciated that. And I, I was with you. I thought this was going to be half the episode was breaking him out. And I was like, Oh, here we go. We got to charge through this. So props to the writers for making that call. And number two for me, is Zemo dancing in the club. That's great. It's one of the best parts of this whole series so far. So goofy, one second at most. It's hilarious. It's and maybe not just dancing. Zemo's character in this episode is just so needed. Well, and you think about it, he like doesn't dance that long. It's like a scene or like a clip basically. It is, but it's like it it had that big of an impact for me to go like this is number 2 on my list. Like it's so funny. And I just appreciate I'm with you, Mark, how find out he's a baron. And like, I just I loved it. I'm give me as much Daniel Brule as Baron Zemo. My number two, I think, was your number four with just seeing Sharon Carter just like kick ass. I just liked I mean, the more you think about it, it's like, I, yeah, there's got to be closer to the end of the series where there's another fight. So we have to, like, get validation that she can take on a bunch of people. And whether that might be more enemies in her eyes or fighting Bucky and Sam. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's setting the table for her to be a formidable foe for whoever she fights. Yep. Agreed. And then which, my which number you know, one, I think we which, might have the same number one mark. Yeah. It, it's the ending, the Bucky and AO yeah. scene is great. Or IO, or yeah. I, the Wakandan scene. I think this, this is, this is like peak MCU right here. This is what these shows, and this is, and I am going to criticize WandaVision again. I'm sorry. It's another episode where I'm criticizing WandaVision. This is how you do the connecting, guys. This is how the MCU needs to connect more often. It's There were characters that connected from other universes, which I appreciated, but there weren't moments that connected, and this was a great moment. It wasn't just a character from another franchise, air quotes. It was a character and basically their whole universe going, we want into this now. And I really appreciated this. They're finally paying off that Bucky being in Wakanda storyline. Like, it, it was kind of thrown away in Infinity War. It's like, oh, the White Wolf's awake. Here's your arm. Yep. Go fight. And then he's gone for Endgame, obviously. And so I love it. I'm excited to see his relationship with these characters. I'm really looking forward to this. I cannot wait. They've nailed the beats of this show so far, too. This was, like, absolute perfect timing of this moment to be revealed. And you're right. Like... I think, I mean, I loved uh, WandaVision, but kind of like with this scene and what you kind of said made me just think of this, where, yeah, of course, someone from Wakanda is going to show up and be like, hey, um, you broke out Zemo? Excuse me? Where it's like WandaVision, we should have gotten at least a sorcerer showing up, if not Doctor Strange. I agree. So they better they better explain that pretty good in, you know, Multiverse of Madness yes. or in some other series where it's just like, well, in Ragnarok, he shows up when Loki and Thor come to, you know, to Earth. So, like, why is he not heading down to what the hell is going on in Westview? 
which it would probably be a bigger like you know oh my you know a bigger marker be like hey what the heck's going on if he is elbows deep in in multiverse of madness right now that's i hold to that i hold that that movie already started there by the still time should have been gone. a sorcerer from that organization yeah, from from to, to show up give me give me wong just have him show up i can understand why dr strange didn't show up I agree with you. There would have been no logical explanation for why Wakanda didn't show up other than Chadwick Boseman died. Right? Like, and, and also too, Mark, this shows that Kevin Feige and MCU weren't scared of that. Yep. Like we were wondering how are they going to respond to this? And this was just encouraging. And Coogler, I would assume Coogler had to sign off on some of this. Like, I just think I was, this is really exciting. This is all really, really exciting. Um, the use of music is great. All of it. It's this. This is what the MCU should be. That that should have been my number one. Really, is the music used where it's like, oh, here's some here's little Civil War music. Here's yeah, little, here's Zemo like soldier music. Dun, here's dun, here's Zemo's music. You know you know what this is from. Yeah, yeah, it was great stuff. They've done that. They've been remarkable at that in this series. I agree. I I, I already Mark. Are you at the point where you could say you like this show better than WandaVision? Because you 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 have really great reviews of that show. You weren't as I disappointed at the end as I did. Oh, I, no. I was disappointed. I already pretty much feel confident in saying this is going to be better to me than than I'm having way more fun in this than WandaVision. I believe the end of this series will be more well respected by the masses because there there hasn't been as big of a of a hype train and buildup as WandaVision was because of how slow paced WandaVision I was. I agree. I think the problem for me was I got on the hype train. And I was just geeking, and all I thought of was that. And I'm like, now nah. I'm like, nah, I shouldn't. Eat. I need to slow down, let it come to me, and that's really helped the show. And that's what some of the Infinity Bros, including myself, said. Where it's like I had to watch it the second time because the first time, yeah, I was a little disappointed, but that was my fault. I was disappointed because in my mind, I expected more because of the hype train I got from social media and TikTok that Mephisto should have shown up with Nightmare, and three of the Fantastic Four people should have been there. And Doctor Strange should have showed up, and, and then I should have, yeah, and I should have gotten, um, you know, Metallica should have been there, and then, you know, half of the X Men should have showed up. Like that's what I expected. So I, you know, for me, I'm looking at this through the lens of like, hey, when's Coldplay showing up? Sure. And no, I'm with you. I I think where and and this is where I will push back on that on that narrative. I I understand what you're saying, and I don't disagree that I was hyped. And I don't even disagree that I set my expectations high. Your feeling that way is totally valid, and I understand that. We actually, I think we actually understand where each other comes from on that. Yeah. I just cannot stand that from episode one, it was a boner joke. <laughs> like, that just, like, that That really does, like, and then the whole, my least favorite part of it, and, and 2020 has really not helped WandaVision either. Sure. And, um, the, for, the foresight part, not the year, forgive me. <laughs> um like looking back on this show and going and and listening to those clowns and I do call those showrunners <laughs> clowns for saying this for saying they had no clue who Mephisto was I'm like whoa 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 hold on you read those comics I know you read them because you're pulling from those comics Do you think they are saying that just to troll you Max and not actually Yes serious? I do I 100% think they do and unless unless it pans out in Multiverse of Madness and we find out that that was just them saying he's going to be in multiverse of madness and Ralph Boner was just a joke. Ha 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 ha. We didn't have enough time to explain who he was. Oh, well, and we still don't know who the witness protection person was. I, I so that's my theory where that's yeah. an actual multiverse Quicksilver. And his name is just, you know, that they given him is Ralph Boner. But 
And like I said in that episode, you got to give it time. It's the first chapter in phase four. Agreed. And what's great about this, what going back to Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's solid. Everything has been solid so far. Nothing, it, I, like the first two episodes, did I give them sixes? No, but five is a great grade from my perspective. And you're, you're doing some really, really fun things in those episodes. And this episode, I feel like we're cranking it up. I like that. I feel like we're get, we're going directions like with Wakanda. I like that Sharon Carter and Zemo are in the picture now. I've been itching to see those guys. I like what I got from those storytelling. Yes, was there a lot of exposition and not a ton of Bucky and Sam together? Sure, but I, I'm. I also think this is not the end of those two being together. This series, no. I th- there. There's too much money to be made with those two, and with Sam in that shield, that'll be a fun, fun movie to see him flying around with that shield. I I really cannot wait for that, and I think there's a lot of stuff to do. So, uh, Mark, thank you for coming on this episode, man. It was fun to chat with you and have another um, just pontification session. I'm glad to be here. And um, before we leave. Uh, we're going to do a giveaway. We're not giving away a Funko Pop this time. And this is just for um, how, how you're going to enter into this giveaway. It will be a comic book, a West Coast Adventures um, comic book that I'm going to give away. We want you to interact with, you know, this post that we'll have for this episode. And we want you to, or let us know who you think the broker is. And you'll be entered into a giveaway and, you know, Whenever this gets released, we'll do two weeks from that date, and we'll announce a winner. We'll announce a winner. Make sure you also don't forget, post a review for us on iTunes or Podchaser. Send us a screenshot, and you will be entered to win an Infinity Gauntlet signed by the Infinity Bros, and you'll have a 1% chance to win that. So you don't want to miss that. Really good odds. Mark, great episode. Thank you so much again for coming on. I already said that, but I'm saying it again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're great. I'm so geeked to find out next week how this Wakanda thing is going. Uh, it's going to be great. Next week's going to be a great episode too. You want to check it out. We're going to have J buck from J buck studios back for the first time. J buck got a hundred thousand bands on TikTok since we saw him last month. I know it's crazy. I've seen it's, it's, it, you know, you know, someone's getting there when you're especially like, uh, my, my beautiful wife, Kelly had been like, Hey, have you seen this, uh, J buck guy? And like on Instagram, like she'll send or on TikTok, And like, she sent me some of his stuff. And it's like, you know, he's been on our podcast before. And they're like, you know, to with some message, like we're elite. Do you feel like a big man when you say that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, we've interacted with him before. I mean, we're friends. We're buddies. Yeah, J-Buck's going to be on next week. He, dude, dude is hilarious. If you have TikTok, go follow him. He's like, he's dynamite. Yep. We're going to talk about episode four of Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier. And I'm sure we'll we'll get into some fun with some other stuff too as well. So as always, we love you guys 3000. We will talk to you guys later and we'll see you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.